Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. If you have any questions or comments about today's study or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. New Testament Christians seem to have trouble understanding the Old Testament law. There is a disconnect here. Yet Jesus states that he did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Today on Drawing Near, we learn that the law is good if one uses it properly. What is the right use of the law? Let's find out together. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and join me as we study the law's proper use. As we prepare for today's study, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your love, your grace toward us, and we thank you for your law, a law that helps us to understand your moral standard, what is right, what is wrong, but also a law that helps us to understand our guiltiness before you so that we can trust in the grace that you provide through Jesus Christ. Father, we need your intervention. We need you to step in for us. And you've done that in Jesus. And now we need to, by faith, trust in him, not trust in our own good works, because according to the law, we have none. Father, we thank you for that understanding that leads to life and light. Guide us in our study today. Help us, Father, to understand clearly and completely the law's proper use. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Having reminded Timothy, of the reason he urged him to stay behind in Ephesus. Paul continues his explanation of why these men who wanted to be teachers of the law needed to be confronted. They didn't understand the law's place in Christianity. They didn't understand as much as they thought they did, and that made them very, very dangerous. In verse 8, Paul goes on and explains to Timothy and to us that the law is good. He says in verse 8, but we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners. It was God who has given the law, and God only does what is right and good and holy. So by virtue of that alone, the law is good. But the law can be used in a right way or in a wrong way. Paul says the law is good if one uses it lawfully or the way it was intended. How was it intended? Well, first of all, we learn in verse 9, the law is not made for a righteous person. A person who is always doing right doesn't need the law, because what the law does is the law tells somebody what is right and what is wrong. So if you're always doing right, you don't need someone to tell you what is right and wrong because you're already right. Now, we know from Romans, there's none righteous, no, not one. So the law has a place in every single one of our lives because we're not perfectly righteous. But when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, when we put on the righteousness of Christ and we seek to grow in him, then We become a righteous person or a person who knows righteousness and who is capable of, through the power of the Holy Spirit, living righteously. And so what he says here is, the law is not made for a righteous person. Well, 
Who is the law intended for? But for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. So the law is not intended for a righteous person, but it is intended for the lawless and rebellious, for all of those that we just read the description of. Now, we need to pause here and make sure we clearly understand. Apart from faith in Jesus Christ, the law is for us, because we are the unrighteous person, the lawless and rebellious person. We are the ungodly, the sinner the unholy, the profane, and on and on and on. We do those things which are contrary to sound teaching according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God. We need to know that. James tells us that if we are guilty of one part of the law, we are guilty under the entire law. We are lawbreakers. The law is there to tell sinners that they are sinners. Without a law, The ungodly and the profane would think that they are acceptable or okay or normal. But when there is a law, then we know when we break the law. For instance, when we drive down the highway, there is a speed limit, a legal speed limit. That limit on many highways in our area is 70 miles per hour. Anybody seeing that sign on the side of the road knows that going 70 miles an hour or under is in keeping with the law. You're doing what's right. And we all know, even though sometimes we try to justify it, that if we go 71 miles an hour, if we go over 70, we are breaking the law. In all likelihood, the police will not pull us over or even bother with us until we get to a certain level over the law. But we know that we are breaking the law. We know that we are speeding. We wouldn't know that if there wasn't a sign. We wouldn't know if it was 65 or 75 or 80. And in the absence of a sign, who knows how fast we would go. That's exactly the situation with God's holy law. Without the law, what's adultery? Without the law, what is lying? What's the penalty? What's the consequence here? We need the law. But the law doesn't tell us how to be good because we cannot be good. The law tells us that we aren't good because we constantly disobey the law. The law tells us we are lawbreakers, and therefore we are condemned, we are guilty, and we need help. We need intervention. We need payment for our sin, or else we have to pay for it ourselves. That's the purpose of the law. The law, therefore, is a tool of the gospel, showing us our need for Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. The law brings about guilt and conviction, and the law shows us our need to turn away from our sin and trust in the Savior who bore our sin on the cross, who bore our shame, and who paid for our sin so that if we will put our faith and trust in him, if we will follow him, Our sins will be forgiven, and we can be 
right with our God and judge the Holy Father. That's critical for our understanding. And these individuals who were teaching in Ephesus, they didn't get that. They were telling everybody, keep the law, keep the law, keep the law, keep the law. We can't keep the law. In and of ourselves, we are lawbreakers. We can't keep it. Now you're saying probably, uh, Pastor, you're telling me that we can't not commit adultery, or we can't not lie, or we can't not steal. Well, sure, it's possible for us not to do one of those things or a handful of those things. But try not to covet. Try not to be an idolater. Try not to lie ever, not even one time. Try not to lust in your own heart. Try to honor perfectly your father and mother. Try to love your neighbor as yourself. Try to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, because that is what sums up the entire law, loving God and loving our neighbor perfectly. Try to do that. You cannot. So we're sinners, and we're condemned. Paul comes along and he says, as we've seen in our last study, the purpose of teaching sound doctrine is love out of a pure heart and a clear conscience. We need to understand the goal of God's teaching is love, not moral obedience. Now, it brings about the same thing. When we love God, we seek to do what he says. When we love God, we seek to please him. But we know we cannot do that perfectly on our own, so we have the power of the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ and the instruction of God's holy word. We have grace. His grace is sufficient. His strength is sufficient. What Jesus Christ did on the cross alone is sufficient. Praise the Lord. Father in heaven, we thank you for this. I pray, Father, that we would meditate on this and recognize our guiltiness before you apart from Christ. And I pray, Father, that we would put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ with all of our heart, gladly, lovingly, thankfully, because what he did is sufficient to cleanse us from all our sin and all our guilt and all of our shame. Father, thank you for such a sacrifice. Lord Jesus, thank you for denying yourself and yielding yourself to the cross for our sake. And Father, we thank you that through your Holy Spirit we can understand these things and grow in righteousness before you through faith in Jesus Christ. But where we are insufficient, we thank you for the sufficiency of Jesus' righteousness in and through us. Help us, Father, to live out that righteousness to the best of our ability in a growing, maturing way every day, to love you and to love our neighbor the way your word teaches. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page, Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.